It's our WWE Hell in a Cell 2020 preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. Well, another month, another very weird WWE pay-per-view, in which, once again, probably matches will be formed on SmackDown, and thankfully I gave up on predictions months ago. It's the Double Turn Podcast with Boss Ross and the J-Man. Hell in a Cell, it's that time of year. Are we going to have the red cage again? I really hope not, and yet we're probably going to get it anyway because we have to sell toys. Will a slambulance be there as well? I don't know. You tell me. J-Man, how are you this evening, sir? Um, I'm well, man. Yeah, no, the, the heck on a deck, if you will, Red Cage was uh, featured on Monday Night Raw this past Monday, and again, still looks tra- as trash as it did in 2018. Um Looks horrible. Just uh, thankfully we won't have the red beaming light coming from the top like they did with Bray Wyatt versus Seth Rollins last year because that was let's, terrible. Uh, let's, let's never bring that match up ever again, shall we? <laughs> It'll probably will at some point. But, yeah, I agree. I couldn't, and uh, yet, I couldn't agree with you more. And yet, even though it was taken off of this card, I think I would have given Fiend versus T-Bar a chance then rewatch that match from last year. I agree. I agree. Well, I'm because it'll kidding. be our first. No, no, I'm. I'm I, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think because um, um, Dio Madden is T Bar, right? Um, former former Raw commentator from last year. We I haven't seen him wrestle yet, so I can't go ahead and say if he's a bad wrestler or not. Obviously, he's he can talk because if he was on commentate on the commentating booth for a long time, you know, he can talk. Obviously, you know. So I would have been willing to give it a chance. And yes, I agree. I would have been willing to give it more of a chance than they did that Hell in a Cell main event last year. Okay, but... okay hold on. Time out. I thought T-Bar was Dijakovic. Oh, is that Dijakovic? I don't even know. I don't even – let's look that up. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It is It is Dominic Dijakovic. It is Dijakovic? Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. I apologize. So, yes, Dominic Dijakovic versus Bray Wyatt would actually be a good match. For that. Yeah, 100%. He's, I, I apologize. Dio Madden is mace. There you go. So far as Dominic Dijakovic. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, so, serious apologies. So, there were five matches as of this morning for this card. There are now four because apparently Fiend is not wrestling T-Bar. I don't know if that got changed this morning, if somebody falsely put it up on Wikipedia or any of these other sites, but I checked multiple websites and there are only four scheduled matches as of this recording. So that means that we are only preview and predicting four matches on this pay-per-view. Right. I bet you it was one of those scenarios where whoever was going ahead and making the Wikipedia changes went ahead and saw what would have been a, it, um, a spoiler alert that, oh, it's going to be Bray Wyatt the Fiend versus T-Bar, and then it had it been announced, so they went ahead and took it off. It's probably one of those situations. Anyway, um, leading up to this pay-per-view, 
because uh, I'm, I'm so very excited for it. Not only did I watch Night of Champions 2011, the World Heavyweight title match between Mark Henry and Randy Orton, which I guarantee will be better than anything on this pay-per-view, and on a less hilarious note, yours truly did a Bound for Glory 2020 preview and prediction show for Impact Wrestling, which is already posted on the many places you can find the Double Turn Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, and the Anchor app. It's one of their big pay-per-views of the year, as uh, I believe this is the last pay-per-view of the year for uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, in this uh, COVID era, they still did Slammiversary, which took place in July. They did a pay-per-view uh, much earlier in the year. I believe it was January. And then plans had to change because of COVID because uh, they normally do one in April. And then uh, they have uh, Bound for Glory, which is in October. So I'm pretty sure this is the last one of the year. So I previewed and predicted that show. It is up for you. I plan on having a review show. That pay-per-view is on Saturday. So make sure you go check out that show. That will be prior to this one. I previewed this show on that show. So now I'm giving love to that show that I did earlier on this show. So just wanted to, yeah. Are you are you totally confused now? Basically, I did a show like four hours ago and we posted it. And now I'm doing another show. That's how much I'm dedicated to this podcast. What can I say? So Helena Cell, 2020. I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to this at all. And yet, because I have promised all of you that uh, we are not missing a WWE pay-per-view unless circumstances prevent us from doing anything, like, technical-wise. Here we go. I'm assuming it's in the same building they've done every other show. Is it in the Amway Center? Sure is. Great. That's just great. In the Hell uh, in a Cell Thunderdome. So the so now now what would be cool is if the Thunderdome was actually in the cell, because if it's not in the cell, then literally those people's views are going to be of a red cage. Yeah, that is interesting. I'm assuming my my assumption because I haven't I've thought about signing up to be on Thunderdome. I have, but I'm so busy that it would just completely be pointless. I'd go ahead and be like they they they'd allow me to do it, and then I wouldn't be able to do it anyways. But I'm assuming that when you're watching Thunderdome, that you know, you set it up via Zoom or whatever video conferencing app you want to go ahead and use, and you're watching the live feed of whatever pay-per-view or show you're watching, mm. and then it's they're grabbing your look and putting it on their screens, obviously, right? So they're going to be able to go ahead and see what we as normal people are watching is what my assumption is. That would be very interesting, though having the, the cell be surrounded in the inside by the actual screens, though. That would be actually, I'd actually be kind of for that. That'd be kind of interesting. So, of the four matches that are listed, three of them are Hell in a Cell matches. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and, and I'm assuming that uh, it's just going to be, just going to be one big cage that they're just going to use for half the show. Great. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they could have been creative and had like multiple cages in multiple settings. Just saying. 
So you want to, like, you talk about like, theatrical matches and then in different settings around, and, like, with I'm, the cage? What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that, okay, I understand that we're not going to have four matches on this pay-per-view, but literally, let's just say it hits the fan and only four matches are on this pay-per-view. Literally, I'm going to be viewing a pay-per-view in which my view is going to be a red cage for two hours. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying now. Okay. 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 Yeah. Like, for instance, a hell in a cell match. I'm supposed to see one match, not half the card. I'm just saying. I'm just no, saying. No, I hear that. Now, now, I say that. And I'm the guy that loved the TNA lockdown pay-per-view where every match was a cage match. It only happened once a year. They didn't have cage matches outside of that pay-per-view. Right. But it was at least you now it gets old. After about the third one, you're you're already tired of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm not looking forward to watching three Hell in a Cell matches. That's me. Which is why themed pay-per-views like this that are not the Royal Rumble or Survivor Series or Money in the Bank, they don't work. Because you don't have seven Money in the Bank matches. Nowadays, you don't have a bunch of Survivor Series matches. And by the way, there used to only be one Royal Rumble. Now they have two. That's all. Yeah, no, no, I hear that. I'm looking at the different uh, money in the, uh, excuse me, not money in the bank, Hell in a Cell previews throughout the years. I'm trying to go ahead and see if there's ever been uh, a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view that has featured more than two. Um, I have a feeling there is. I'm just looking through it because three Hell in a Cell matches is a lot. It's a lot. So. I th- and it look. seems to me like there's been, like most pay-per-views have only featured two at the most. So, all right, just just to be just to make sure. Yeah. So, uh, as of right now, we don't have a tag team title match on this show. Right. We do not have an intercontinental title match. We do not have a United States title match, and we only have one women's title match. Right. Okay. So we have the two big titles. And then we have a SmackDown women's title and then a singles match. Like what happened to like the company that was pushing the group with the guy who's holding the United States title? That's a good question. That's a good what question. Happened, Honestly. What happened to the intercontinental title that was held by a guy that quit and then came back and won that, okay, like are we just not showcasing him on TV? Is he not wrestling because of COVID? It's a legitimate question. It is. It is. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you in any sense. I, I mean, you're, you're right. You're okay. absolutely right. Honestly, Hell in a Cell would have been a perfect opportunity to finally go ahead and put Retribution versus uh versus the Hurt Business because obviously that has been one of the bigger feuds on TV. Haven't they? Haven't they wrestled like four times already though? Yeah, but like finish the job. Like you know, this is it. Like finally, Hurt Business Retribution. There is no way that anybody you know. Can can escape like this match isn't going to end by disqualification. Can we can we can we not can we not have that be in a Hell in a Cell match, please? That would be awful. I'm just throwing it out there. I I I hear you, and I know like oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. I I agree, but I mean it it makes sense though. And wait, time out. You actually want to see Retribution wrestle on a pay per view? Absolutely not. But if you're going to (laughs) be featuring on TV, if you're featured on TV, then you're clearly a big deal. 
Right? That doesn't mean anything. It just means that they have time fillers. That's a ret- I'm sorry. I'm, retribution, even though nobody likes them, that is not a time filler. They clearly meant business with them, and now all of a sudden they are not meaning business with them. So, you know, okay, I've gone you know, back. Go ahead. Okay. You know who I want to see come back? I would rather, I would rather see right to censor come back. Let's be honest. Okay, hey, calm down. Hey. Hey, at least they had heat. I, listen, look around. Hold on. We, we have spent way too much. Actually, there's four matches on the card. I guess we can do whatever we <laughs> want on this, on this episode of TDT. So, I mean, I, I feel like other conversations can be the basis of this. And then, you know, hell in a cell. Here, what do we do? Nothing. Like, if, if, if Razor were listening to this show, she'd actually – he would be – much more inclined to listen to what we have to say about everything else going on in professional wrestling than actually give a damn about what's happening on Heck in the Deck. That being said, people actually care about the fact that Mustafa Ali is the leader of Retribution. So I'm sorry that that may annoy you in some capacity, but that's relatively important. So wait, 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 wait. Someone cares about Mustafa Ali again? Are you kidding me right now? Or are you just being a dick? No. <laughs> People, people actually care about him, really. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm dead serious. What's dead serious? What's his What's his stupid name in Retribution? He doesn't have a stupid name. He's Mustafa oh. Ali. He's the leader of Retribution. Yeah. I see. So, 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 what you're saying is Mustafa Ali is the Stephen Richards of this group. Gotta calm down there, Ross. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's let's let's. Let's bring back the good father while we're at it. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, people care. People do care. False. They care about Mustafa Ali. As that soon as he, be, that can't be possible. Don't, don't believe me. You don't have to believe me. I'm just stating facts. If there's anything that I do, do on I need this to podcast, go. I state facts. <laughs> do I need to go on a diatribe about how awful retribution is? Do I need if to you, go there? If this is the show, if this is the no, show that I you want to do, I don't want to go there. Okay. No, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to waste. I don't want to waste my time and the audience's yeah. time telling people something they already know. Okay, fair is, enough. Should I? How about this? Let me ask a question because I, I I feel like I need to go ahead and bring this up. Should I go on a diatribe about one of my very very good friends who is the co-host of this podcast along with me and one of my good friends in life, one of my my. What's the word that we like to go ahead and call call one another? Our not consigliere, but the um, confidants. We're each other's okay. confidants, right? Okay. My friend Ross uh-huh. didn't even reach out to me on my birthday to wish me a happy birthday. How about that? I should go on a diatribe on that, but I'm not. Okay. I'm just- okay. <laughs> okay. First of all, first of all, first of all, you re- you reached out a day late on my birthday. So That's let's a lie. be real. That's actually a lie. I- let's be real. That's a, plus, I have the text message to prove that, bro. <laughs> plus, plus, I did wish you happy birthday. It was on Facebook. I d- never saw it. Really? Counts. Yep. I, Counts. And I apo- fine. I plus, apologize. Plus, 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 I was at your 30th birthday live, so. Last year, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. What do you, I was at also, your birthday party last year. That counts. Also, <laughs> also, 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 I helped you clean up, and I also survived a potential disaster at your house. Let's <laughs> let's be real. I navigated that very smoothly. Let's just let's just leave it at that. 
The point is that this show, I have no faith in this show because, uh, <laughs> well, let's just say if you think that I've lost my mind on certain things that are going on in WWE programming, go go listen to the Impact Wrestling show because I'm a lot more upbeat about that show, okay? <laughs> yes, you are. And by a the way, I did, upbeat. I did reach out to you on the day of because it was the Friday. And by the way... On Bound for Glory, they are literally doing the exact same storyline they did with Heath Slater in WWE, where literally he's not good enough to have a contract, so he has to wrestle a match to win a contract. And if he and Rhino don't win the match, Rhino gets fired. Wow. Creativity at its finest right there. Hey, hey. Slave is going slate, even though he's not Heath Slater. Okay, so I actually have... You know, we're going to talk about Hell in a Cell in a second, but obviously I didn't get the opportunity to be on the show with you for Bound for Glory. So I have a question. Um, I know that Ken Shamrock is slated to be the next Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer. Shout out to Ken Shamrock. Obviously, he's had a relatively, really good career in professional wrestling and just in combat sports as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. He's a UFC Hall of Famer as well. Um, I had been reading and hearing rumors for weeks that is it actually accurate that Rock is going to somehow be um, part of this Hall of Fame ceremony to honor Ken Shamrock? Is that actually accurate? Where are we on that? Uh, I do not know. Uh, I don't know what Rock's association is with WWE. If he has one of those, like, Legends deals or if, like, he comes and goes where he pleases and, like, he like he doesn't have to ask for for permission that's possible that he just doesn't have to ask for permission and he can just show up um i would i would think i would think they would not want the rock showing up on an impact wrestling pay-per-view so i'm guessing the stipulation would probably be yeah you can go but impact can't use any footage of you at the event Interesting. I'm, I'm guessing. Perhaps I'm wrong. Right. But I don't know. I don't that know. Is very, that, that's fascinating. And, and I, I see where your point is because to me, I was wondering if it's one of those situations where Rock gets paid by appearances and not the fact that he actually has a contract, like a long-term one. Because remember, I have to bring this up, and, and Ross can remember this very, very, you know, correctly is the fact that Bret Hart, for example, showed up at Double or Nothing last year to present the brand new AEW World Championship at the time, even though he had just been inducted into the Hall of Fame for the second time just two months prior when the Hart Foundation got inducted. So I'm wondering, my assumption is that Bret Hart was able to do that because maybe he gets paid per appearance as opposed to actually having a long-term deal with WWE. My assumption would be that perhaps The Rock has something even uh, you know, very similar to that. I, I, I don't know. They have, like, it's, I haven't really heard the rumblings. I really yeah. haven't heard the rumblings too often in the last, like, couple of weeks. But I, I remember it being made a big deal. Because obviously Bound for Glory, as you know, Ross, and you, as you stated so eloquently, Bound for Glory is the biggest show on in Impact's calendar. It is their WrestleMania, if you will. Um, so I, I, I was just curious about that. But uh, – that being said, I mean, do you really want to talk Hell in a Cell? How much do you really want to talk Hell in a Cell? Well, we do have four just... matches to get to. And uh, by the way, just last thing on Ken Shamrock, he was the first 
TNA NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Big deal. So, big deal. Um, yeah. Very big deal. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, so congratulations to him. That's another uh, again cheap preview for uh, another show that was uh, put up again the uh, the Bound for Glory 2020 preview and prediction show uh, that is up on our many platforms for the Double Turn podcast. Hell in a Cell taking place from the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Like I said, I was fully uh, getting ready to talk about five matches, but now there are four, and uh, I'm going to be really mad when SmackDown adds like three matches on Friday because we're doing our preview and prediction show on a Thursday. So don't get mad at us when we only preview the four matches that are on the card because they've had a month to get this pay-per-view done, and they wait till the last day to make up the pay-per-view card. I'm sorry. It just frustrates me every single time. That being said, let's start with the one match that is not a Hell in a Cell match. That would be Jeff Hardy versus the returning Elias, who, uh, what did he return? Was it two weeks ago or was it a month ago? Uh, Elias came back two weeks ago. Okay. Again, like, like this whole month's kind of been a blur for me at least. So, like, there's probably shows that I will try to reference. They'll be like, yeah, Ross, that happened a month ago. Or, yeah, Ross, that happened this week on Raw. Like, I'll, I, it's, all, it's all a blur because, to me, the last month of WWE television, for the most part, has not been very good. That's my opinion. Um, so, Jeff Hardy and Elias. Okay. So, Elias is coming back and basically wants to just jumpstart the fact that for a while there, he had a little good thing going for a while there, and then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Uh, he is he what uh, what injury is he recovering from? Um, I want to say it was like some maybe a knee surgery and whatnot. But if you remember during, um, I think it was during the late spring, the storyline was that Jeff Hardy was under the influence. And he ran over Elias with a car, and that's what put him out of action. Yes, yeah. That's so right. that's okay. the, that's the storyline that they're going okay. with. And Elias is seeking revenge, and Jeff Hardy's trying to say, "Bro, it wasn't me." Okay, so um, the one time that Jeff Hardy turned heel, it was a disaster, and it was in Impact Wrestling, and he was all drugged up, and he was in a really bad place in his life. Um, so, uh, typical heel move of thinking that the, you know, baby face that everybody loves, because Jeff Hardy's still pretty loved in the WWE universe, just saying. I'm not saying I'm a fan, I'm just saying he's still loved in the WWE universe by a select group of people, because he, he was a star, and he's been around for forever. Just saying. So, I like the dynamic of the heel irrationally thinks that the babyface ran him over and the babyface is playing innocent because he's probably not guilty. That's a simple storyline to me. Um, do I really think Jeff Hardy needs to beat Elias? No. Um, it would make more sense for Elias to get a win in his comeback to the main roster. Um, I don't know what plans they really have for him, but the problem is that Jeff Hardy's kind of been booked to win a bunch of these feuds he's been in. Are they really just going to have him get derailed by the returning Elias? I mean, look, I'm a big fan of Elias. I think they can do a lot with him. 
Uh, do I think he's ever going to be the world heavyweight champion? No. I've been wrong about other people being world heavyweight champions, so you never know. Uh, but I think that jump-starting Elias is probably the right move, um, especially if you're going to get him ready for you know, your more busy season in the WWE calendar, which includes Survivor Series and Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Regardless of the fact that you know he can't come out and cut promos with his guitar in front of tens of thousands of people live. I mean, that's, that's what makes the gimmick so great. Um, I mean, you can still do that to an extent with, you know, Thunderdome. You still have an off. But that gimmick does take a hit without a live crowd. It just does. Um, but I got to believe Elias is winning this. I mean, am I wrong to think that they wouldn't just give a guy a win back against Jeff Hardy here? Or, or do I need to be playing 3D chess and thinking that, Jeff Hardy is going to get a win here and it's going to like lengthen this weird storyline they have going. Oh, listen, uh, to me, you know, there was a, a long time where I was just like, eh, on Elias, right? I, I think that's pretty well documented on this program that I was like that for a really long time. And all of a sudden to see uh, the Seattle crowd promo with Kevin Owens completely changed my mind. And I'm willing to admit that 100%. And from that point on, I have been on the Elias bandwagon and I am uh, – I've been riding shotgun with Ross this entire time. I love Elias. And the two times that he has turned babyface, because he has turned babyface twice, people say, oh, it's not working. It's not working. But then at the same time, I have to disagree. I think it's totally worked the both times that they have. So to me, they're just, for whatever reason, deciding to go ahead and rein in Elias for no reason. Because to me, Elias has charisma that not a lot of people on the roster have. Like, he's, he's really special. Like, I don't think NXT ever did him justice. And he was one of the guys that in NXT, he was like, eh, and all of a sudden shows up on the main roster and he blows everybody away because he's got tremendous mic skills that not a single soul on the roster can possibly touch except for a select few. But then on top of that, he got ultra yoked. Like Elias got ripped, ladies and gentlemen, when he came up to Raw. Like he got jacked. And then on top of that, Elias can wrestle. What a concept, you know? So he's got the looks, he's got the mic skills, and then he's he he's really good in the ring. Like, Ross and I can tell you, and I also had this conversation with multiple other people that are not just Ross, but one of my, one of my favorite matches at WrestleMania this year on night one happened to beat Baron Corbin versus Elias. They had a really good near 10-minute match that went completely under the radar. Nobody gave a damn about that match. And then they come in and actually have a really decent match. So, you know, I don't know exactly what kind of procedure Elias had to have that they used that storyline for him to go ahead and write him off and stuff like that. But he's back now. And I self-admittedly, I don't give a damn about Jeff Hardy anymore. Like, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest high flyers we're ever going to see. Like, he is untouchable. He doesn't need to be placed as in the high of a position as he is in right now. That's my problem. But if you want to do that, make it work for people like Sami Zayn. Make it work for people like Elias. Make it work for anybody else who's going to stand in the ring with him. I'm not saying that Jeff Hardy has to lose all the time, but – if you're going to use a guy of the caliber of Jeff Hardy, use it in the right way. What does that mean? Elias absolutely needs to win this match. Absolutely. You don't bring him back after four and a half months 
and then bring him back on TV for him to lose clean to Jeff Hardy. Like, for example, like Jeff Hardy had no right to at least have beaten Sheamus once earlier this summer. Sheamus had a, should have throttled him three separate occasions. That didn't happen. Sheamus overall won the feud, thank God. But Elias needs this. Elias is one of your young guns right now that you absolutely need to take advantage of. And if you're going to take him seriously, he better not be freaking losing to Jeff Hardy. That's all I got to say. Uh, can I ask a uh, very serious question? Of course. Why is Baron Corbin not wrestling? That's a great question. I mean, the draft, I feel like, kind of hurt him a little bit. You know, they moved over Matt Riddle. um, And not saying that that was really going anywhere, to be fair. Mm. But they moved Matt Riddle. So, all of a sudden, like, Baron Corbin's not doing anything. Like, who's he going to feud with right now on SmackDown? Roman Reigns is the biggest heel on the show, right? I'm not asking him to be in the world title picture. I'm saying, what happened to, like, what happened to him being, like, like, a foundation of a show based on his work with his promos and in the ring, like that just, they just decided to stop. Now, look, I get it. There are times where literally they're like, we have nothing for you. So we're just not going to put you on TV. I get that. But like do something where like, he's not on TV for a while and it makes sense instead of, Oh yeah. So one day you're King Corbin and you're annoying. And the next day we're just not going to book you for months. Right. Okay. He hasn't been booked in a couple of weeks. You know what? If you want to actually take advantage of Baron Corbin, even though I don't feel like he would win this feud because of the trajectory the other person's going to go in, at least it puts him on TV and you can actually make a good story out of this. I would love to see Big E versus Corbin right now. I mean, now, that being said, you have to be very careful because we know that in that particular feud, Big E is the horse to bet on, right? Big E would be the horse to bet on because he's clearly moving – I mean, it seems as of right now that Big E is the one that's moving in an upward trajectory – a lot of, uh, out of all the baby faces, and by the way, well deserved. We, you and I, very well documented that TDT is a big fan of Big E. But to me, if I'm going to use Big E to continue to move forward, he just got past Sheamus, who is already a pretty freaking big deal. If you want to continue that upward trajectory towards a either upper mid card title, like. If the end game is going to be not necessarily putting Biggie in the world title picture, but maybe he happens to be the one that's going to be Sami Zayn, right? So you're going to, he's on his way to the number one contendership of the Intercontinental Champion. This is just a, you know, booking 101, keeping it simplistic. Why not put him in a feud with Baron Corbin for the number one contendership of the Intercontinental Champion, Intercontinental Championship? That's a great use of Biggie moving forward and then still giving. Corbin something to do that's relatively important because he's still an upper mid-card heel that can go and he could be a um he could be in the way of Biggie trying to go ahead and achieve something good. So that's how you should be using Baron Corbin right now. Um we got off track because obviously we were discussing uh no look I party, I, just, yeah. I just I just bring that up because I'm I'm very happy that Elias is back, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, the shakeup does some good, not only for the people that are directly involved with some of the moves they made, um, but maybe this will be a chance for uh, some other guys that haven't been around for a while. That's all. I just oh, bring so that up. So. No, no, I think you make a very good point. It'll be very interesting. For example, Matt, we didn't get a chance to really discuss the the draft last week because we had wrestling with respect on. Shout out to them. Um, 
we, we appreciate them being guests, but you know, because we don't have that much to discuss when it comes to hell in a cell, we can kind of sprinkle in some draft talk if, if that's okay with you, Ross. But I think that Matt Riddle having moved over to raw could potentially work out for him. Uh, Look, or at I'm least just, give him more to do. I'm just glad that they finally, after years and years and years of saying they were teasing and potentially doing it, they finally broke up the new day. It needed to happen like two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. We got to. And that ain't know. even really technically broken up. Obviously, you got, you know, X and Kofi are now a tag team on Raw, and it's Big E that's by himself. So. You know, but yes, I, I agree with you. And it, it was sad in the sense, like I've, you know, we've watched them for, for five years together. No, right? I just, I just, I just, I mean, was it really emotional that they drafted one of them away, even though they're all going to be on the same shows anyway? Like, who cares? I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Oh, and by the way, they they did what they normally do, which is they just moved storylines to the other show. Instead of instead of really oh or or they just you know or they just you know flopped tag team champions said okay guys trade belts. It's like that was kind of lame. That was kind of lame. You and I discussed uh, that off the air. That was really look, lame. But look, every year I expect the draft to be something. I know it's not going to be, and I get disappointed every year. So I don't even know why I give any real onus to it. It doesn't matter. Um, look. Yeah, I guess. Okay. I'm going to say this right now. Right now. I already know I'm going to be pissed at this pay-per-view because once again, for the second straight pay-per-view, they're going to put the wrong main event as the main event. That's all I'm going to say. Bailey versus Sasha Banks in a Hell in a Cell match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Of course... These two were best of friends, and then they weren't, and they finally broke them up, and they finally turned Sasha babyface, and then Bailey just retained. So, am I supposed to care that Sasha Banks may beat her on Sunday? Well, I mean, it was a move of desperation in the sense of Bailey had to get herself disqualified in order to retain the championship. Right. Okay. But here's okay. I don't remember which podcast I was listening to or who I was saying, listen to. It was probably Eric Bischoff. Cause I listened to 83 weeks all the time. Not a cheap plug for them. I just bring them up because he brings up a lot of good points and I like him just because you have a belt and just because you have that belt for a long time does not mean that you're more over the longer you hold the title. So in a sense, right? Because timing is everything, right? How many times on this show have we talked about old angles or current angles or potential future angles with where like, Hey, this title change, it happened a month too late and I didn't care as much about it. Or, oh, they did this too early, and they didn't let it marinate, right? So, Bailey's held the title for a year, okay? Now, 
the argument can be made that perhaps the first six months of her reign, she was really trying to get comfortable being the persona that she's been for the last six months. Is that fair? I think that's very fair. Okay. So, unfortunately, it took Bailey being the champion six months in order for us to get to the part where she's the champion that we that they needed her to be for six months. Okay. So she's been the champion for a year when she probably should have only been the champion for six months at the most. That's me. Based on the based on the very basic analysis I just gave you, right? So she, even though she may be in a better spot, she's probably not any higher of a position over the last three or four months than she's been in in the last year. Would you agree? So I guess my counter argument, if you will, to that, because I, to me, you're absolutely 100% correct when you say it took her long, a, a, a bit of time to really sink her feet in and become the, well, basically the number one woman on PWI's list. So she's basically the she's been the number one woman of 2020, which is, by the way, no small feat. Congratulations, Bailey. That's huge. That's a massive congratulations, right? Well, okay, but she's also been the champion for a year. Yes, you're, but here's so th this is what I was going to say. That I don't think, in hindsight, right? Because you know, you, you, we, we always talk about hindsight, how how things work out and things of that nature. That's always something that we got to take with a grain of salt. Is <laughs> Had you turned Bailey heel last year and just had her go on a heel run and not have her win the title for those first few months of her reign, I don't think Bailey is as relevant as she actually became. So to me, she needed to hold the title and then take the title and work around the title in order to become what she has become now. Like, okay. It was one of those few situations where the title made Bailey. Bailey didn't make the title. And that's nice to see. It's a nice change of pace. The way that Bailey has been booked over the last year, I can actually say the SmackDown women's title was not a prop to me. Okay. okay. So so here's 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 what I'm trying to say. Okay. Uh -huh. So either, because this is a very WWE thing to do, right? So there's not going to be a title match in Survivor Series, at least More not, likely, given yeah. their, not given their recent future, right? or I yeah. should say the recent past, right? Right, right, right. Right. So if she doesn't lose at this pay-per-view, what's the December pay-per-view that I always forget the name of because they've changed it probably, 17 it's times? probably going to be TLC. Okay. So yeah. either you have Bailey lose at TLC, which is doubtful, or you have her lose at Royal Rumble, which is doubtful. Or you have her lose at WrestleMania. Right. Okay. So, so, yeah. so if she loses at WrestleMania, that means she's been the champion. Now we're now we're getting into like CM Punk territory, the Brock Lesnar territory. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're yeah. it's it's pushing it. Okay, and that's a good thing. See, that's the problem that they. See, it's a really hard situation because they they've done so well with the booking of Bailey over the last year, but then you're reaching a point of you're almost shooting yourself in the foot because then you're like, okay, 
it's it's coming. Sasha's going to win the title. But then, to me, Sasha, it goes back to using big pay-per-views for big moments. And then sometimes you shouldn't, you just don't worry about the pay-per-view and just use the moment. So, but to me, Sasha, to me, Sasha should probably win at Hell in a Cell. Okay. I don't know if they're going to pull the trigger. And then what are you going to do? Sasha's just never going to beat Bailey because I mean the end goal to me to me in this whole storyline Sasha should be the one that's going over triumphantly Sasha was screwed by Bailey Bailey used Sasha this entire summer you know to really to, to, to cement herself as the woman in pro wrestling and things of that nature when we all knew Sasha's always been better and blah 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 that's the storyline right like the end game is to get Sasha over and overcome mm-hmm. Bailey. Mm-hmm. But man, oh man, would they shoot themselves in the foot massively if they had Bailey go over? And then what's going to happen? Sasha's going to be in the, just the background until WrestleMania again. It's going to be one of those situations of like, yo, dude, we're going to really, even though we haven't seen Sasha versus Bailey that often, people are going to be like, oh, we're really going to watch Sasha and Bailey again at WrestleMania. Like, we're going to know it's coming, but we already know that it's coming. Now, now here's here's something because you mentioned the draft, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because the draft has been so disappointing for the most part for the better part of ten years. Let's be honest. Um, More than that, probably the last fact, big moment, two thousand five, I would say. Uh, was Kurt Angle from SmackDown to Raw? Was that 06? Or was that 05? Kurt Angle from SmackDown to Raw. That's was what I mean. Uh, no, I just wanted to make sure because he was traded a couple different times during the Ruthless yeah, no. um, oh, oh, 05. So that's the one where he walked out and cut the promo against Triple H. Yes, yes, it was. So that was 05. That was the week. So him coming over to Raw was the week after Cena got drafted to Raw. Okay. Yes. So then we can probably confidently say the last time the draft actually meant something was probably 05. Yes, because that was, okay. to me, Cena coming over to Raw, and that was when Batista ended up on SmackDown with the World okay. Heavyweight Championship. Like, that was, I, to me, the I'm biggest sure, I'm sure there are small instances here and there. Okay, here's yeah. my point, though. You could have you could have said, okay, you could have had Raw draft Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. But Sasha's scheduled for this title match. So if she wins... She gets to stay on SmackDown and pester Bailey because now she's the champion and now she's got the advantage and now she can make Bailey's life hell. And then if she loses, you end the feud and she goes on Raw. Who cares? I think, okay, people want to see finality. We've seen this, you know, back and forth. Are they going to break up? Are they not going to break up? Are they going to break up? Are they not going to break up? And then they finally pull the trigger and now I don't care. So, again... It goes back to, and I've said this every time in a championship match, okay? Great. Bailey's been the champion for a year. What's your exit strategy? Because I'm telling you right now, if their exit strategy is her losing at WrestleMania, that's a dumb idea. Terrible idea, because that's way too long from now. You know? so, so I think I'm with you. I think they just need to have Sasha beat her. Yeah. It, it, because I, You know what? Oh, go ahead. Because... This match is no disqualification. It's hell in a cell. Yeah. So so Bailey can't lose on purpose and retain her title. And I think we need to see Sasha be triumphant here. 
And I think that because Survivor Series has turned into, you know, patty cake between the three brands, um, we need to have something happen before the Royal Rumble. Exactly. I'm going to ask you a real question. And I think I know what the answer is, but I'm going to go ahead and make it make the get or put out the question for content's sake is the finality for wwe not for not for the fans but for wwe is it really that they want sasha to go ahead and go over and they want to make her the big baby face that they know she can become or is it that they think they can re-pull off the magic from august 2015 i'm wondering who where's the end game to who is it the fans that are like, oh my gosh, I, I've been wanting to see the real sequel to okay. Sasha Bailey Brooklyn? Okay. Or the, 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 the threequel, I should say, because we did get the sequel one month after that. But you know what I'm saying. First of all, we're never going to see Sasha Bailey Brooklyn ever again. It's not going to happen because and, it's, yeah. just, it's just not. It's just not. Um, but let's be fair and, ta- and you know, take over Respect, which was the one month after that, the 30-minute 30 30 Iron Woman Iron Roman match, God, that's hard to say, was really, really, really good too. And then, so my, my point is, what is the end game to people? Like, are you going to be mad? Are you actually going to be mad if Bailey beats Sasha and retains, but they gave you something as magical as the first two matches back in 2015? Or do you really want Sasha to go over on Bailey? Okay. So, so if, so if Bailey wins, right? If Bailey wins, uh, well, her opponent for Survivor Series would be what? Would they do a triple threat again? Would it be her, Asuka, and uh, what's her face? Bailey? No, who's the NXT Women's Champion right now? Oh, Io Shirai. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I I, I, no, I, I apologize. No, I don't... It's fine. So, so basically, they could have Bailey versus Io Shirai versus Asuka at Survivor Series, right? And then who's her opponent at TLC? Exactly. Whereas if Sasha wins, she goes into the three-way and she faces Bailey at TLC. And Bailey can cut promos and whine and complain like a heel for a month that she hasn't gotten a rematch after being a champion for over a year. Perfect. Because although typical WWE, they'll probably have Bailey win. Sasha will be the you know whining babyface because you know that's how they book babyfaces. She'll be like, "I want my rematch, but I couldn't face you in Survivor Series because there wasn't a title match, so I'll get my rematch at TLC." And then somehow Bailey will screw her way out of that victory. Then they'll have another rematch at Royal Rumble. Then they'll have ten matches by the actual WrestleMania, and then I really won't care. So yeah, I'm sticking to my guns. Sasha's winning. End this title reign. Let me ask you a question um, before I go ahead and make my official pick. Do you think that they what they should have done is just written off Sasha for a longer period of time than the three weeks, um, and like maybe had her come back at the women at, at the, yeah in the women's Royal Rumble match no. and have her win? No, uh, I think due to the fact that uh, look, look. There was a domino effect of everything that happened starting even before WrestleMania. It actually happened last Survivor Series. They were booking a deeper women's division again. And they were on that path. 
And then they decided to just completely change their minds at WrestleMania. And then their two biggest stars left. They're gone. One's gone and may never come back. I'm not saying Becky Lynch is never coming back, but I'm, but I'm, I'm saying she may never come back. Right. Yeah. And if she then, does come back, it's probably going to be another year and a half, two years. And then Charlotte's gone. So no, they had to. They had to say, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. You, you can't just uh, no. I mean, if you if you really look at the WWE women's division right now, it's really weak again. It's I'm still stronger than everybody else. It's still stronger than everybody else, but compared to what it's been, it is very weak. I hundred percent agree with you on that. Uh, I think I may disagree with you. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, you're right. Impact does have a really strong women's division right now. Deanna Perazzo's absolutely slaying the game over there. I, I don't mean, totally agree with you on that. I mean, I realize that Jordan Grace is wrestling for the X Division Championship on but Saturday. She's still great. She's, she's still, still great. Yeah, she's still pretty sweet. So, all right. So, I, I are we think, Sasha? I, I, yeah, I, I think the logical. I think the logical thing is to pick Sasha. Like, if I would be shocked if Bailey won on Sunday, I really would. And I think that actually might be the wrong call because, to me, there's nobody else. To me, the end game really is Sasha Banks beating Bailey at some point. And if you really wanted to push that all the way to WrestleMania, boy, oh boy, are we in for a drag, you know? And it would make Sasha look really bad if you made her wait five more months to win the title. Um, also, let's see. Sasha and Charlotte had that match at Hell in a Cell, right? Yeah, 2016. Yeah, the one where it looked like Sasha died crashing into like four tables. And yeah. the tables refuse to break. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So we're both picking Sasha. That is correct. Okay. By the way, hold on. But I will end this on a good note. Sasha did have a really good Hell in a Cell match last year with Becky. Like, I know that we people always talk about the Hell in a Cell match with Charlotte and stuff like that. But the, the Becky match last year was a banger. And you know that. You like that. You actually really like that match. We both agreed that it was one of the top two matches on Hell, at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view last year. I know the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view ma- event last year really wasn't very good, but there were two matches that definitely did stand out. It was Becky and Sasha and the tag match of Rowan Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus uh, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. That match, people forget, that match really went under the radar, that tag match. All right. I'm about to get real mad on this podcast. When do you not get mad? <laughs> yeah. Drew McIntyre is defending his WWE championship in a Hell in a Cell match against Randy Orton. How many times has Drew and Randy wrestled each other on pay-per-view? Uh, this will not be the third time in a row. Okay. So their first match was at? Uh, SummerSlam. And that was the match where he won via roll-up. Yeah. There was no stipulation to that match. Correct. And then the ambulance match was... Last month at Clash of Champions. Okay. Which everybody complains because it took four people to beat Randy Orton and and the babyface had help from four people, including Shawn Michaels. I mean, I don't know if everyone complains. I complained about it. That didn't, I didn't say that it made the match okay. suck, but I did complain. I, I, didn't com- I, so, I didn't understand it. I didn't think it was the right booking. Go ahead. So, if you go 
by Randy Orton, WWE standards, he should lose. Right. Because he put over Jinder three times. He put over Mark Henry three times. And let's see. He, there's at least one other guy he's put over three times. And uh, now it's Jinder, escaping me. Henry. There's uh, at least one other. Probably. I mean, he's put over Cena multiple times. Well, right. But Cena doesn't count because they've wrestled like a bazillion times. Uh, how many times did he and The Undertaker wrestle during that feud? Oh, boy. They had they wrestled... Uh... Three times, but Randy did get a victory over over the Undertaker because I'm pretty sure he beat him at SummerSlam. He beat him in the casket match, did he not? Which was at SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then they finally and, ended the and, feud at Armageddon that year. Right, but that was the two on one casket match because Cowboy Bob Orton was in that match. So then he beat him twice because he also beat him at WrestleMania, I'm, or not WrestleMania, excuse me, SummerSlam that year. SummerSlam 05? I was going to say he he, he yeah. did not beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Definitely. No, no, no. I know. I apologize. I misspoke. I misspoke, clearly. Not so, that dumb, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, by that logic, Randy Orton's got to lose. And I, and I do think that if they were going to have Randy Orton beat him, they probably missed their opportunity. Yeah, he should have beaten him last month if Randy Orton was going to win. So, here's my other question to you, because we're incorporating the draft on this show. What are some of the big names, and I do mean big names, that just came over to Raw? Uh, the Fiend is one of them. Okay. Um, Braun Strowman is another name that came over okay. from, uh, to, from SmackDown to Raw. Okay. Uh, AJ Styles obviously came over from SmackDown to Raw. Okay. Um, so, so okay. Let's just let's just those three. Those are three pretty big names. Yeah. Those are those are three really big names. Given and, the last, all three of them are are at least from what I understand, all heels. I mean, Bray Wyatt seems to have gone back to his heel roots, as opposed to what he was doing just a month and a half ago with the Roman storyline, which never really went anywhere. Which, by the way, thank God we don't have Babyface Fiend. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So, we just added Heel Run, Heel Fiend. And, by the way, who is that giant that's hanging out with AJ Styles? I think, I think he's been on – I think he was on Raw Underground a couple different times, I want to say. But I'm okay. not 100% certain. But he is a okay. massive individual. Okay. So he's, he's like great Kali size. You just added three heels, three pretty big name heels to the raw roster. You are not putting heel Randy Orton on the title. It's not happening. And if anything, if anything, eventually one of those four guys has got to turn babyface, And it's probably either going to be Randy or AJ. Because you can't have one baby face and four heels be the top five guys in your company. It doesn't work. Unless your baby face is holding the championship for like a year. Because, you know, we need to have champions hold belts for a year routinely. That's a whole other issue. My point is, if they were going to do the Randy Orton storyline of him being on top of which, by the way, does Randy Orton have 14 world titles? Okay. Yes. 
So if he wins again, now we've got two guys that are in the same universe as Ric Flair. I'm sorry, he's a 13-time world champion. He would, he, if he won, he would be a 14-time world champion. So yeah. it's so it's Triple H that's a 14-time champion then. One of them's a 14-time champion. I think it's Triple H. Yeah, I want to say that that is the case. Okay. Um, point is, point is, I don't care. I don't care if 99% of people think I'm wrong. This should be main eventing this pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I cannot buy this Roman Reigns character and this opponent main eventing another pay-per-view. Sorry. You're not going to change my mind. So while while the J-Man looks this up, I think it's Triple H that has 14 tiles. I had it reversed. I thought Orton had 14 and Triple H had 13. But yeah. you're probably right. So it's it, you probably so right. Randy definitely is a 13 time world champion. So now okay. I'm going over to Triple H and going to go ahead and try and decipher if he's a 14 time world champion, which would make sense. Okay. Yeah. So point is, I don't think Randy's winning another title. I don't think he needs to win another title. And uh, I think this is going to be a really good match because. Triple H is officially a 14-time world champion. Okay. Carry on, I, yep. I, nope. I, okay. So so I was pseudo-right. I just had them reversed. I, no, I knew mean, they're right in the same stratosphere. Yeah. I knew one of them was 14 and the other was 13. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think these two have something to prove. Because I think no one was happy with the way the first match ended. And the second match was a gimmick match. I have to disagree. I, I, I'm curious to know why they think that that match didn't end well. That match was a dope match. Their ma- okay. their ma- their match at Summers. I get it. Why? Because to me, it, it, it to me, and I'm, I apologize. I didn't mean to interrupt you. My sincerest apologies. But I was just going to say, to me, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre always was going to have legs. This was not like a one-off match. You know what I mean? It was not going to be a one-off game. They were just going to have okay. one match okay. and move on. Okay, but you've been a fan of WWE for a long time. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do fans get up for nowadays? There are three things they get up for. Uh, freshness. Think. Think right. more. Think more basic. Uh, title changes. They get up for, for title changes. Returns. They get up for. Okay. I'll just I'll just insert it. They get up for entrance music. Title changes, and yes, finishers. Okay. I appreciate the quality of what's going on within. Look, look, I'll be the first to tell you, okay? I haven't seen Drew McIntyre kick Randy Orton in the face yet. That sucks. That sucks. Um, it does. Well, I mean, he, he did kick him in the face in the ambulance match, did he not? He has not pinned him after hitting a claymore. A finisher is an end of a match. He has not hit a claymore and gotten the one, two, three in this feud. I see what you mean. Okay. I apologize. I was just trying to follow you. Because everybody knows when Orton hits the RKO, it's over. So, we didn't see it in the first match. We weren't going to see it in the second match. So, we got to see it in this match. Mm Mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre hits him with the Claymore, pins him, feud over. And then 
whoever you want to put him in the ring with. Fiend, which I wouldn't do. Braun Strowman, that's an interesting idea, especially in the short term. Even though at the next pay-per-view, if they do champions and all, you, you have some time to figure that out. Or you could do Drew versus AJ. Oh, sign me up. Uh, I'm going to be honest. If this match does not go, uh, yeah, if it doesn't go 20 minutes, I'm going to be upset. Well, I mean, let's let's uh, look at how long the first two matches When I remember the first one went uh, close to 20. Not, I don't actually, what, didn't it go like 25 minutes or something like that? Um, I'm, I'm going to look this up right now because I feel like it went pretty damn long in a good way. Mind you. So... Heck, I love calling it heck on a deck because it just sounds so lame because the fact that you know, the fact of the matter is Hell in a Cell, it's not as cool anymore because, well, it's just not as cool anymore. You know, there's no blood and I feel like they haven't really pushed the limits of what they could do or they have. We've seen it all. We really have seen it all when it comes to a Hell in a Cell match. So Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton went 21 minutes at um, Clash of Champions. Oh, no. By the way, we didn't see everything until last year's Hell in a Cell. What was that? What happened? Oh, the fact that there was the stoppage in a Hell in a Cell match. Even However, though, we're, actually, we saw that two years in a row, didn't we? Because didn't Braun and Roman get stopped? Uh, no, that was ruled a no contest. Oh, yeah. Dicks. Remember that? Um, yeah. Yep. That's How great. could I forget? How could okay. I absolutely forget? We saw that. So, um, look, again, I don't care if I'm in the minority. This should be made of any of the pay-per-view. Uh, Drew and Randy were given 20 minutes at SummerSlam and 21 minutes at Clash of Champions. Then they should be getting 25 in this match. Easy. Yeah, they should absolutely. I'm 100% okay with that. I, I don't have a problem with what you're just saying. Um, regarding them main eventing, and I'll give you my pick in just a moment. Um, I get the reason why you think that they should be main eventing. I get it. Jey oh. Uso shouldn't be main eventing in 2020. And I'm still I'm still deciding if I'm gonna go off for two straight pay-per-views on on that fact. Still waiting. Okay. I'm still I'm 50-50 on it. Please talk Drew and Randy while I decide if I'm gonna go absolutely <laughs> bananas on this pay-per-view. I love Drew McIntyre. He has been the best world champion in pro wrestling. He has been for the last eight months. He's been terrific. Uh, excuse me. Uh, it's been six months. He's been terrific. Like we knew he was going to be good, Ross. I don't think anybody expected him to be as good as he has been. It's been so refreshing. He's been such a great baby face, but he's not been that go-lucky guy of like, ah, yeah. Like, he's not John Cena. He is just a really good baby face that's an ass kicker. That's perfectly the way that you should be booking Drew McIntyre. And at no way, shape, or, in no way, shape, or form has the man looked weak in the last six and a half months. Am I right in that? I don't think he has. Randy hasn't made him look weak. Seth hasn't made him look weak. Lashley didn't make him look weak. Um, Ziggy Pop didn't make him look weak. Keith Lee didn't make him look weak. You know, like he has just been consistently strong, yet still looks like he's relatively vulnerable at times, but then all of a sudden, boom, Claymore killed you. Bye-bye, you know? That's been what's been so great. I don't think anybody has really grown tired of Drew McIntyre. And I think that's a testament to how good he has been over the last six and a half months as WWE champion. There are times in somebody's title reign where 
they grow old, they grow stale. You know, Rollins got really stale. You know, um, after he beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam last year, there was no, no other place that Seth could go. And yes, he managed to still put on a really entertaining match with Strowman last year at Clash. I mean, you and I both liked it. I'm sure that there was a lot of people that actually liked it as well. Obviously, Air Strowman should never lose a match ever. Whenever he does Air Strowman, I don't know why, but whatever. My point is, Seth hit a ceiling where people were like, oh my God, I got tired of Seth. I don't know why, because he put on a banger with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So I don't know what the heck that was all about. But Drew McIntyre has not reached that point. I hope, I hope and pray that he doesn't. I hope that they seem to be figured. They seem to have something figured out with Drew McIntyre, and we're at that point where it's like, okay, well, do you have him lose to Randy Orton or not? They made the conscious decision to not have him lose at SummerSlam and to not have him lose at Clash of Champions. Am I right? True. Because he didn't lose those two matches, he shouldn't be losing in the third one. He really shouldn't complete the sweep. That's just logic. It's logic, and it makes him look good in the sense of I'm not going to lose to Randy Orton a third time. I've beaten him twice. There's no reason that Randy Orton was able to go ahead and figure something out. Oh, this is how I'm going to beat him. You know? It would be stupid. It would actually make Drew McIntyre look kind of dumb, and it would make him look relatively kind of bad if he were to go ahead and just lose this match. So, By the way, that was was Clash of Champions from 2019 with Air Strowman? Yeah. Oh. It's a good match. How, really good how, match. How how did they mess up Braun Strowman so badly? How? how the hell did they mess up Seth Rollins so badly? That's a, I mean No. No, that's easy. They gave him a bad gimmick. Actually, they gave him two bad gimmicks in a row. Would you like to know what his two bad gimmicks in a row are? Go ahead. Okay. The first one's pretty easy. They made him Becky's boyfriend. That was his gimmick. That was his gimmick. Unfortunately, I have to dis- I have to agree with you. God. And then, and then they made him the Messiah and okay. go all out. <laughs> Shut up! The Messiah's been a banger. The Messiah's been incredible. I yeah. hate you so much for saying that that gimmick sucks right now because it has it not suck. sucked. It has not sucked. Ross, oh my God, you're such a Seth Rollins hater and. Go ahead. I don't care if you call me a Seth Rollins apologist. I don't give a crap. No, no. Seth Rollins' Messiah gimmick has been absolutely <laughs> fire in 2020. You've got nope. to be kidding me. So mind you, this is more entertaining to me than 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 previewing Hell in a Cell 2020. The point Let's is, have the picking... conversation. Hell in a Cell sucks right now. I don't give a crap. Let's have it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you picking Drew or are you picking Randy? Make oh, I'm choice. going Drew. No, I'm going Drew. Okay. I'm going Drew. Okay. Now, shout out to Drew. Drew's been, Drew's been the MVP of Raw in 2020. And, okay. Well, I mean, actually, it's a lie. Randy what's, Orton's been the MVP of 2020 in Raw, on Raw. But Seth, what's, but Drew McIntyre's been amazing. Go ahead. What's, what's the last good feud that Seth Rollins has had? The last good feud that Seth uh-huh. Rollins has had? Yep. Are you kidding me? Kevin Owens and him had an incredible feud. I love that feud. Okay. They had a great match at WrestleMania. That, that was earlier in the summer. That was Or during the spring. I apologize. And okay. you know what? Here's the thing. Hold on. Hold your horses there, big, bot, big guy. Big bot. 
So now I'm a bot on this show, everybody. And you know what? There's so many bots on the Instagram pages and stuff like that. As soon as Sports Center goes ahead and puts something up, those bots are in there like immediately, and it's really annoying. Um, mm. The Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio feud is 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 you know, is hot garbage. But it's yes. not hot garbage. No, no, no. Yes, You're the only person that thinks that that matches that that feud is hot garbage. Okay. Did, did, did it run too long? Did it run too long, Ross? The answer is yes. Was it actually crappy? No. It you know really why, wasn't. Why it's hot garbage? You know why it's hot garbage? Okay. We, we turned Murphy. Murphy. Who had a tremendous match against Roman Reigns. We turned. And Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan. We turned that guy. That guy into Dominic Mysterio's bitch. That's what we turned him into. End of discussion for me. It's a terrible feud. Plus, I had to see Seth Rollins puke on (laughs) pay-per-view. You're never going to let that go, are you? (laughs) That's so... Oh, my gosh. I love you, Ross. I No, no. I hate... I despise using the word I just used, but that's how serious I am about how disgusted I am at that feud. Murphy. Murphy. You know, the guy that was running 205 Live for a while, the guy that was called up and was going to be a big star that wrestled Roman Reigns, that wrestled Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that guy. Because we have to get Dominic Mysterio over because he's Rey Mysterio's son. I'm done. Disgusted. One of these days, there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day. I will never, I repeat, I will never accept Dominic Mysterio as a legitimate wrestler in this company. Never. That's sad. That's really sad. It hurts my feelings to hear that. It really does. I'm an emotional man, but damn it, you got me right there. Because here's the thing about Dominic. We're talking about Hell in a Cell, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize that we have gone on a diatribe about everything else that's going on on Raw and SmackDown. But do you really care about Hell in a Cell? Like, that's the actual question. But I'll throw this out there. I pray for the day that Ross can look at me dead in my beautiful big brown eyes and say, Jorge, you were right about Dominic Mysterio. I pray for the day. And it's never going to happen because Ross is a stubborn man. We know this. He's, it's self-admitted that he is the most stubborn man on earth. <laughs> the man throws pens at walls, for goodness sake. Y'all don't know this. You couldn't hear it because I was muted that one time. But he threw a pen at the wall, and he self-admitted it over the podcast. Okay? Ross is a thoroughly emotional man. I just wish that one day he could go ahead and turn around completely and say, I was wrong about that with stereo. And it pains me to say that I know that he's not going to, even though Dominic Mysterio can be an absolute banger of a wrestler. I would rather, I would rather give Kofi Kingston main Avenger a chance than I would Dominic Mysterio being legitimate. That is absolute horse crap and you know it. I would, I would rather, I would (laughs) rather give, I'd rather give Kofi Kingston a shot. I'd rather see the death of Romulus 10 times than take assistance from you. You got it. Shout out to Star Trek with Chris Pine. He oh, he yeah. he just he just referenced Star Trek. I'd I'd like to point out that Star Trek uh, 2009. Wow. All was, right. So so good. Okay. Drew McIntyre is going to win this match. Dominic Mysterio is much better than what you give him credit for. The Messiah has been a great gimmick, and I don't care what you say. 
Okay, okay, okay. Now, and yet, yes, yes, they screwed up. They made him Becky's boyfriend. That was, now, they screwed up. That's it. That's what, the only time they ever screwed up. In, in, yeah, sure. Well, okay, actually, yeah. it's a lie. They messed yeah. up in Hell in a Cell last yeah. year so bad. Or, or I don't know. How about, uh, how about he ended Sting's career? Uh, he, he, he changed the trajectory of Finn Balor's career. Um, he's part of the reason why Dean Ambrose quits. Um, yeah. Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm not going to let that one slide. I'm sorry. You said that he's the reason why Dino quit? I said no. he's, I said he's part of the reason why Dino How? quit. How? Explain, explain you, that to me. You, you, are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? Look no, at he's feud. not the... Look at their feud and look at the positioning of those two guys in WWE. And Yo, now look dude. at where John Moxley is, is, is pushed as the AEW world champion. Listen. Look at where Seth Rollins is. Okay, hang on for one second. I, we're going to talk about Roman Reigns and Jey Uso in a second, but I'm not going to let that one slide. Dino. Oh, and by, oh, and by the way. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to get it off your chest? Go ahead. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm I'm still deciding if I want to absolutely launch on what's going to be the main event of this show. How mad would you be if Sasha and Bailey made it into this show? Would you be mad at that? I, I I think I'd rather have Elias main event this show against Jeff Hardy. Why not? You're, it's not a hell in a cell match. That would be smoking, hilarious. You're smoking crack. Okay, let me let me let me go off for a second on your little. Seth Rollins is the reason why Dean Ambrose, or part of the reason why Dean Ambrose I said Ambrose he was quit. part of the reason. I, said, I, I know, I, I caught myself. I said you said it was part of it. Now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go off on that. Dean, as, or John Moxley, I love John. I do. I love Mox. He's incredible. I've loved him ever since the beginning of his WWE career when I first saw him. Okay? He is one of the best promos in the game. His wrestling style is really creative and needs to be acknowledged 100 percent. he is a star because he is a star he's busted his ass he is great in every facet of professional wrestling seth rollins is also really good at his job seth rollins to be honest with you was greener than dean ambrose was in 2000 in 2012 am i correct in saying that but seth rollins he really couldn't cut a promo back in 2012 he was just a guy with a blonde streak in his hair who could be who could do a really mean corkscrew 450 and jumped off of things and you were like, oh my gosh, that kid is absolutely nuts and he's gonna kill himself. My, look at the TLC match between the Shield, Ryback, Kane, and Daniel Bryan in 2012. He got thrown off a 25 foot ladder into tables with no padding. Seth Rollins was a psycho. But Seth Rollins figured out that he could also talk, for the most part. Seth Rollins is a pretty good promo. He's not amazing. He's gotten much better over the last few years. But, you know, I always go back to 2015, the, the promo where he got, you know, schooled by John Cena when he was on the monitor because he messed up his line. And he looked like a complete total dumbass. And that's fine. I can say that about Sethy Poo because he's my friend. But Seth Rollins worked hard to be where he is today and has the talent, the charisma, the promo skills to back it up. Dino 
is good was good too, but clearly Seth Rollins showed more of showed more potential than Dean Ambrose. That's they not never, a they never they never had Seth Rollins get thrown out of a ring by Nia Jax. Okay. He got thrown out of the ring. I guarantee you, I guarantee you the only reason why they did that was because WWE were a bunch of bitches and he quit the 45 minutes before that show started. That's the exact reason why he was thrown out of the ring by Nia Jax. You'd have to be stupid not to believe that that was the reason. To me, it has nothing to do with Seth. It has nothing to do with Seth. If Dean or John Moxley is showing uh, jealousy right now, it's because that's been animosity that just recently brewed up because they're on competing brands. Or not competing brands, competing, competing promotions. Because I'll be honest with you, John Moxley has completely burned every single bridge imaginable, and he would never—he's never going to come back to WWE because, first of all, he doesn't want to. But if he ever—if he ever did, he's burned some major bridges because he, you know, he took the road of I'm not going to shut up and I'm going to go ahead and torch everything associated with that company, and that's a dick move. But whatever, he's—he—he he can do whatever he wants to do. But John Moxley did not leave WWE partly because of Seth Rollins. If he did, it's because Seth Rollins ended up being better than he is. And I'm willing to go ahead and say that on this podcast and back it up and mean it. Because at the end of the day, to me, Seth Rollins is better than John Moxley. Overall as a package. And I know people are going to be like, Jay, man, you're crazy. John Moxley is the greatest thing since sliced bread and blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Seth Rollins is the man. All right, this, this portion of the show has been brought to you by the apologists of Seth Rollins. That being said... And you're the AEW apologist, so it's okay. <laughs> no, I'm just a realist when it comes to AEW being a better product than NXT. So, uh, okay. You meaning to tell me that you actually think that Moxley overall is better than Seth Rollins as a, as the total package? Right now he is. Not, not, not the gimmick. I'm talking about like as wrestlers. If you were, you, you, do you actually think that Moxley is better than Rollins? I'm just, I'm, I, I'm genuinely curious. I, I, I think Seth Rollins is a very unsafe worker. I'll give you the Sting thing. I'll give you the Sting thing. The Balor. Thing, Balor. That, 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 that was a freak accident, bro. That's guess what? That's 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 too too many. Oh, by the way, didn't he also injure John Cena with a knee? I rest my case. Okay. Here we go. Roman Reigns is facing Jay Uso in an I Quit match. An I Quit match for the Universal Championship. Okay. And it's taking place inside the Hell in a Cell, by the way. If you thought... I was upset that Roman Reigns and Jey Uso was a world title match. This is two pay-per-views in a row. In a row. So the equivalent of this would be if Ron Harris wrestled for the title and then Don Harris was supposed to wrestle him, but Ron Harris stepped in and wrestled an I Quit match. Roman Reigns in an I quit match against Jey Uso. Okay. First of all, 
Why should I care? Second of all, why am I booing this man? Third of all, why is why is Jey Uso wrestling his brother for a world title? His cousin. Or his, or his cousin, whatever. Okay. So storyline-wise, I'm supposed to believe that either he's going to beat them down to the point where he's going where the two of them are going to join him and turn heel, which that's going to make no sense. Second of all, and I must repeat this, Roman Reigns was off television because he, you know, was compromised by his health due to the COVID pandemic going on. And then he comes back months later and I'm supposed to boo him? No. I'm sorry. This heel turn sucks. I cannot boo a man that was off TV because he was afraid of his life. That's a baby face. Coming back triumphantly. Oh, and by the way, there was no setup. There was no reasoning. There was no promo. He was just attacking people on TV, wearing a shirt, saying he's a badass, hanging out with Paul Heyman, winning a title, and then beating up his family. Great! Okay. So I'm supposed to root for a guy who's been a tag team guy his entire career and just got his ass kicked at the last pay-per-view. I'm supposed to take that guy seriously? I'm supposed to believe that Jey Uso is going to make Roman Reigns say, I quit and become the universal champion? I'm supposed to believe that. I'm supposed to believe that Roman Reigns, this giant heel that I'm supposed to boo, is beating up his cousin and making him say, I quit. I quit. This, this is pathetic. Let me know when I have a reason to boo Roman Reigns. When he actually cuts a promo explaining anything he's done. And... Let me know when I'm actually supposed to give a damn about anything involving the Universal title right now. At all. I can't even enjoy Paul Heyman right now. That's how bad this is. Pathetic. I would rather see Brock Lesnar come back. At least Brock Lesnar, at least Brock Lesnar beating the hell out of Jey Uso. That makes sense. It doesn't have to be for the title because Jey Uso wrestling for a world title is insanely dumb. Oh, well, titles are props, Ross. Why do I care then? Why do I care that Roman Reigns is the best on the SmackDown brand? It's prop, Ross. It's an extension of his heel brand. Because he's a badass. He walks around with a black shirt that says he wrecks everything. Eh. Oh, wait. Could this be another attempt at a heel Stone Cold Steve Austin? Give me a break. Pathetic. Roman Reigns wins. Wake me up when this disaster ends. Wake me up when September ends. Oh, okay. First off, 
Roman Reigns is killing the game right now. I don't care, I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what my co-host says. You know, I get it. Listen, looks like we're never going to go ahead and get that heel promo of, I turned my back on you because I turned your back on me. We're never going to get that. That's fine. I've moved on. I have come to How is that fine? Because we're never going to get it. We're just never going to get it. I've come to accept that. No, no. Okay. So basically what you're admitting to me is you are admitting that you are one of the thousands of idiots that are so excited that Roman Reigns turned heel. You don't logic be damned. You, you are part of the problem, if that's what you think. You and all the other idiot fans that think that are a huge problem if you think I'm going to let you have a pass on saying, ugh, Roman Reigns is heel, it's cool, we're just going to give it a pass because we wanted it for five years and we didn't get it with Cena. It pisses me off and it is insulting that that's what you think. That was that was mean. I don't like being called names, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna go ahead and let it go. Um, my point is, he has been so good at what he's currently doing right now. He has basically kind of positioned himself in the sense of, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I am gonna go out on my own. I'm going to bring in somebody that I know will allow me to be the best version of myself in storyline, of course. And I'm gonna wreck everything in front of me and not care what anybody, the fans think, who never really cared about me to begin with. I am the head of my household. I am the head of my table. Nobody is going to be ahead of me on this table. You know, just because you want to go ahead and make money, you want to go ahead and be the king of the, uh, of the family. <laughs> Guess what? I'm going to spear you till you're lifeless. I love that. I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think that's a perfectly suitable explanation without even giving an explanation because he's basically being that silent badass and letting Paul Heyman do the talking for him. I don't think that makes me really an idiot to be completely honest with you, but you know, that's fine. Um, wait, 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 wait. So you're admitting that he's now Brock Lesnar. How the hell did I go ahead and admit the fact that he was Brock Lesnar? You're, you're okay with him not cutting promos. You're okay with him doing basic matches. You're okay with him having Paul Heyman do all the work. He just replaced Brock Lesnar. I don't think he replaced Brock Lesnar because he's actually telling a really good story. In the okay. Room, first of okay. all, go ahead. Go ahead, Ross. So you're so you're okay. You are okay with there being absolutely no reason why Roman Reigns is doing this. None. You're okay with this. Did you not? Hey, did I not? Say everything that I just said previously. Where, okay, so you are giving a pass. You are giving a pass because you want to see him turn heel. Because I want to see him turn heel? I wouldn't say that I'm giving him a pass because I want to see him turn heel. Because, by the way, he was being uh, a badass babyface before any of this happened. This is true, and I fully okay. understand where you're coming from. So, so what's changed? His demeanor. He doesn't... He doesn't talk? But he is talking, though. He's talked multiple times. His actual promos have been completely fire. If you haven't been watching SmackDown, you haven't been watching Roman Reigns cut his promos. They've actually been really, really freaking fire. Yeah. I disagree. It's just, that's fine. You usually disagree with me. It's perfectly fine. My point is, though, is... I want, that, I want logic. I'm tr- 
So, so if your answer is, if I want logic, don't watch WWE, maybe I need to stop watching WWE and watch AEW, which is a far superior product that doesn't have me suffer having Jey Uso wrestle for a flipping world title. I'm so angry right now. To think that this company has the balls to make me actually want to care about a guy who decided I'd rather live than wrestle because of COVID. I'm supposed to boo that guy when he comes back and kicks ass like he's done his entire career. I'm supposed to boo that guy. Oh, yeah, and once again, I'm supposed to take Jey Uso seriously as a world title contender. Give me a break. How about I wrestle him next week for the world title? How about that? Sign me up. I'll take a squash match for 20 minutes and get paid half a million dollars to look like a complete idiot on TV. Is that the goal for me as a fan to be insulted because there's no logic to this? I threw my headset. Nobody saw that. I don't care. I am embarrassed for WWE programming right now. It's embarrassing for Jey Uso to be in a world title match, two straight pay-per-views and main eventing two straight pay-per-views. I am embarrassed. Is there anything else that you want to add in regards to the pay-per-view? What else do you want me to say? I just wanted to check. I think you, I think you, 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 you were very emphatic in what you had to say. <laughs> look, look, I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for thinking that fans are idiots for buying into this crap. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for my opinion. That's I, fine. I, I don't see. I don't see the logic of somebody buying into this program or this character. I don't see the logic. I don't. I enjoyed the story that they told in the ring. That's why I'm being able to go ahead and buy into it, regardless of what's going on outside. In the sense of, oh, Roman. He didn't give an explanation of why he's being the snot out of people and blah, blah, blah. There's a dynamic, a very interesting dynamic of Jay finally trying to get up to Roman's level and Roman saying, I'm not going to allow you to do so. And I'm going to keep pushing you down because you're not better than me. I thoroughly enjoy that. Not because in the sense of, oh, Jay's going to do it. Rah, rah, rah. It's just good storytelling. It's, it's, a, it's somebody basically saying, I've realized that I'm better than everybody else, right? Okay. And I'm not going to go ahead and allow you to try and come up above me to prove yourself because you're just not. If you're going to want to prove yourself, you're going to have to hang with me in the ring. And guess what? You can't. So, his first, tar so his first target is a guy that's half his size and has never been considered legitimate as a singles competitor? It's, it's fascinating that they say it's half his size and blah, blah, blah. They're both the same height. It just so happens to be that Roman's got 25 pounds on him. And to be fair, I think that they're using this whole stupid-ass logic that they do of, oh, Roman is so much bigger than Jay and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, they're literally the same size. They are. Like, okay. You see Roman and Jay on TV, and you say you see Roman and Jimmy on TV. They're basically the same size. 
Like, okay. don't hit me with the fact that you actually, not you, WWE, you know, that there's a legitimate 25 or 30 pound difference between Roman and Jake, because there's not. You're stupid to think that. Okay, well, I can tell you right now, I, I think it's legitimate. Hey, so, I mean, cool. I insulted you, you insult me. Cool, not, good times. No, it's okay. It's fine. I called you an idiot. You called me stupid. That's fine. We're even now. It's fine. You, I, didn't, I, I didn't call you no, stupid. No, it's okay. I take the high ground knowing that I'm on the side of logic and you're on the side of emotion. Because this storyline sucks. Let me know when Roman Reigns cuts a promo explaining anything. If it doesn't happen, dumb. Pathetic. I'll never care about this character then. There's no motivation. There's no motivation for me having hatred towards him if there's no logic behind it. None. But I think you're viewing the storyline from the from the incorrect perspective. Even though I do understand, I here's oh, that's the a good one. Go there's there's already okay. enough people in my life that say, "Oh, you need to change your perspective on things." No, that's how I that's how I view things. You don't like the way I view things? Okay, great. I was just gonna say that I understand. I understand why you're upset over the booking of Roman. I do, but it's okay. just one. If you, if you're telling me that it doesn't matter that Jey Uso is wrestling for the world title, why are they wrestling for the world title? Because now you're admitting to me the title means absolutely nothing. Well, Russ, it hasn't meant anything in a long time. Why do you think it has value at all? It's a prop. Okay? I don't think that way. I think if you're the world champion, you're considered a big freaking deal. I don't care that it's scripted. I mean, I consider Roman Reigns the biggest deal. Well, to me, he's the okay. biggest deal. So. Okay. He won one match after not being on TV for six months. That makes him the best? I'm sorry. He won two matches. That makes him the best? Okay, you were, here's the thing, it's funny, because you were angry for a very long time at the fact that the Fiend was the universal champion, that he beat Braun Strowman because of Braun, Braun Strowman's crappy booking and stuff like that. You did, And you said for a very long time that you don't want the Fiend on the world title because he does, his character doesn't fit that, correct? Am I, it am, didn't am I correct? It, it right. didn't look it. He could, right. have gone, he could have gone the Sting route, yeah. not been the champion, and terrorized WWE for a year, built up the mystique, built up everything, built up that actual style, then he goes after titles. Right, yes. and I, agree, I agreed with you. I agreed with you when we when we first discussed this last year. So now, I don't know if they realize it in the back or not. They could have, they could have not, I don't know. Maybe they walked into this and blah, blah, blah. But at least they took the championship off of him and they put him on the probably one of the three most legitimate guys that you have in your company, right? But then you're mad at the at the booking of it. So, I, 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 don't, I don't know how, what else to say. You know, like, that, to me, the right choice to be the Universal Champion right now is Roman Reigns. Would you agree with that, or do you disagree? Who do you think should be Universal Champion right now? I'm just curious. Uh, somebody who's been on TV for the last six months. So, so what, like Corbin? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to show, throw shade at Corbin, so I'm not – hear me out. No, but, no. But, like, who? I'm just curious. 
anybody that's been in a main event position in the last six months that I've been bought into being a main event caliber guy that's been on TV and not saying that he's not wrestling because of a pandemic. Well, I mean, half those guys are on Raw. Okay. So they, I mean, they never oh, moved. And, oh, and by the way, that's 100% WWE's fault that they have seven main eventers. 100% their fault. I couldn't agree with you okay. more. So, with it, you more, yeah. so if their plan was, well, we don't have any main eventers on SmackDown, so we're just going to put Roman back in the scene. He's going to wrestle one match. He's going to be the champion. And then we're going to have him fight his cousin for two straight pay-per-views. That's going to make him the best one in, in, in all of our company because he's Roman Reigns. Okay? Imagine, just imagine, because they love doing this, imagine if Stone Cold Steve Austin was off TV for six months because of a pandemic and then he wrestles in one match, and then for the next two pay-per-views, he wrestles JR. That makes him the best? You are really, really, really throwing Jey Uso under a bus, man. He's not a singles wrestler! But he's a great wrestler, Ross. Okay. Like, that's tell my... You, no, tell you what, tell you what. He can wrestle... When Jimmy gets his head out of his ass, or gets healthy, or whatever the hell he's doing, they're a tag team. Jimmy tore his ACL, so, I mean. Okay, great. Get his head out of his ass and have his ACL torn. Great. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. You know what I would say? Uh, Jay Uso, uh, you're not viable without your twin brother. Sorry. We don't have anything for you. But that's the thing, though, that over the last couple of months, he's shown me that he is viable without a swim brother. Like, the man has always been able to – both of them have always cut great promos, and they're great in-ring workers. So you might as well take advantage of one if he's, by, if he's not doing anything. You want him wrestling for a world title. That's, that's not the point, Ross. That's, that's, not, no, that's okay. not the point. No, 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 no. The, You're saying it's not the point, but they're making it about the title. They're choosing that's, to go the family the family storyline. That's connect. You are completely sidestepping the fact that this is for the for for the universal title. You're sidestepping it, and I refuse to accept that people are sidestepping it because of story. Don't okay. make it for the title then. Okay. I mean that's actually a really good point. That's actually a good point, but unfortunately, it is for the world title. Yeah, so I, I, I give I give zero craps about it then. Okay. Jay's not winning. I don't care about the Roman character. Why should I care? I mean, I've tried to tell you, but you're you you're getting you're getting mad at me for saying that you're viewing it through the wrong lens, and that's that's understandable. I'm not trying to go ahead and say you're viewing it through the long oh. through the wrong lens and trying to tell you to look at it differently. Um, you're, saying wrong you're saying it's the wrong lens. I'm saying you're not seeing it at face yeah. value. And, I and I'm apologizing to you. You don't have to apologize. We have a difference of opinion. <laughs> I called you an idiot. You called me stupid. That's the way this works. didn't call you stupid. No, it's, look, look. If anything, if anything, we are consistent on this show, okay? I thought this was going to be a 30-minute show. It's going to end up being another long show. Why? Because I think logically, and you think emotionally. That's fine. How many times? How many times have I picked matches based on WWE logic? 
and you say, oh, so, okay, I see what you're, okay. It doesn't mean it's logic. Still logic. It's still some type of logic. No, no, it's their backwards (laughs) version of what they consider logic. Oh, okay. We, okay, we've picked the card the same with a lot of difference in opinion, in particular to this match. Oh, yeah. And and actually only in this match, only in this match, because the other three we actually think exactly alike. Drew should be winning against Randy. Sasha beating Bailey now makes sense now than doing it in five months and having her lose because that'd be dumb. And Elias has no reason to be losing to Jeff Hardy right now because he needs the win. Dude came back for the first time in four and a half months. If he doesn't win, then he really looks like a jackass. So, yeah. Uh, look, you know what I've discovered on this show? I've discovered that there are people – that agree with you 100% of the time. And there are other people that agree with me 100% of the time. It's actually really funny. And by the way, it's, 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 it's the people you think would, would, would agree with you and would agree with me. It's actually very, very funny. Shout out to those people who agree with the both of us sometimes. I love it. That's all good, baby. No, no. There, there are legitimately people that'll be like, Jorge made a good point, but Ross is right. And vice versa. I'll make a good point, but they'll just agree with you. It, it's so it's 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 amazing. It's like honestly, I can't wait until there's actually wrestling that I can actually start like legitimately picking real predictions for again. Because I'm I I'm legitimately going to have to go against every fiber in my being, knowing that it's going to be incorrect booking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to be like, hey, this makes sense. Oh, wait, WWE doesn't think this makes sense at all. Yep, better just pick that. I agree. I agree. So we've we've gone long. Not not super-duper uber long, but we've gone long. I'm hot. Yeah. I I I am heated. Are your headphones okay? I'm shocked that they're still working. No, no, they hit a pillow, not the wall. I got lucky. Okay, we're going to have to edit about a minute and a half worth of silence. <laughs> Whose fault is that? I gave you the floor while I was heated. You just oh, decided to sit there in silence? Because I wasn't too sure if you were actually going to come back. Like, you have to realize that on I my end, I, I can't read your damn mind, bro. Like, <laughs> there, there are some times I can read your mind, Ross. There are some times I can read your mind. There are other times that I'm like, I have no idea where he wants to go from here. I have no idea. Because you have to understand that I'm in a position over here of like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> it's fantastic, so, though. Legitimately, <laughs> I took off my headphones. I threw them against the room. I threw them across the room. I was about to hit leave meeting and then decided to sit quietly while Jorge decided, no, nope, just I'll just sit here in silence. Again, okay, what am I supposed to do with leave meeting? You end the meeting, it's like, oh, okay, great. Ross just left, and I'm um, ending the show. Um, be, be the co-host and end the show, or just <laughs> ramble on for 20 minutes about how unprofessional I am? I, I don't know. I'm not going to ever do that. I, I shouldn't, I, I'm never going to call you out on the show saying you're unprofessional. You already did! <laughs> I said that we're going to have to edit out a minute and a half. That's, no, that's not saying you're unprofessional. I said you threw a pen once. I, it was, I, that was hysterical to me. 
it's especially when I realized that it wasn't meant for me. Like, <laughs> all right. Okay. Ready to roll? Next week's show. See, we got two shows next week again. Yep. We have, we have two shows again next week. The, the thought process <laughs> is that I will do my very best to get the Bound for Glory review show up as soon as I can. For those of you, by the way, that are listening to that show and are wondering why it's such better quality than the rest of the shows we've done, it's because I was actually able to do it in a studio. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to fault what we've had to do for the last eight months. Okay? No. That's, that's, I'm, that's, I'm just not allowed in the studio. Yeah. It's just... No, and, and it's just reality. Like, so that's why. It's not like all of a sudden just, ugh, Jorge's not here. I'm going to use better equipment this week. No, it's just because I had access to the equipment. That's all. So uh, the, the plan is to have that show done and up before next week's review show of this hideous pay-per-view we just went over that I lost my mind. Good it, Lord. It, it, it pains me that Hell in a Cell can be such a great thing. Which, by the way, we're going to be reviewing a Hell in a Cell match in two weeks' time. That's an absolute classic, and I can't wait to discuss it. But it pains me to know that Hell in a Cell has taken such a downward spiral in the last three years. Because it went from 2017... We had a match that was okay. 2016, we had a couple of good matches and stuff like that. 2015, you had Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar, which was an absolute banger. You, and we've been all over the spectrum, right? But the last three editions of this event have ended in a way – the last two, I should say. The last two, because I don't know how the heck the one, this one's going to end, but the last two have been just flabbergasting, to say the least. You know, with the – a referee stoppage last year, and then a no contest the year before. It's just, you put yourself in a situation of how do you, how can you possibly butcher this once again? And from the looks of it, it doesn't seem that they possibly could. That's what I would hope. So as a loud crash happens on that end. I did, I threw my pen next to my notebook. That's the reason. So, So, look, I wish... I wish I could get excited for Survivor Series. You know what the problem is? Uh, there's going to be, what, probably two Survivor Series matches? No, actually, there'll probably be a men's with the three brands, and there'll be a women's with the three brands, right? Okay. And then, there'll be, and then there'll be title versus title and title versus title versus title matches, right? Yeah. Because I'm wait, assuming... Wait. Because I'm assuming, so okay, let's just let me just let me just go over this as of right now. So as of right now, if they do what they've done in the past, they would have Oscar versus EO versus Bailey. They would have hopefully Sasha, because hopefully Sasha wins on Sunday, but I get what you mean. Yeah. They would have Drew versus Roman versus Balor. Balor. Oof. Okay. How good of a match would that be? Then they would have Bobby Lashley. Oh, my God. They'd have Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn versus who's the North American champion right now? Uh, Damian Priest. 
Yeah, who's the odd man out in that group? <laughs> hey, listen, that match would actually I, – I could see that match working, man. Because Damian Priest has gotten pretty darn good over the last year. Shout out then, to him. He's gotten much better. And then, uh, okay, so the Raw Tag Team Champions are now the SmackDown Champions, and the SmackDown Champions are now the Raw Champions. So uh, these – the – why did I just the the street profits are now on SmackDown? Correct. Which means that the New Day is currently the Raw Tag Team Champions. Or okay, Xavier and then, Woods and Kofi Kingston. Right, and then the NXT Tag Team Champions are brand new NXT Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, your boys One Lurkin and Danny Birch. Oh yeah, baby. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Shout out so, to Pat McAfee. <laughs> so okay, okay. As I as I pre as I prefaced at the beginning of this show, my concept of time is totally effed right now. Okay, so I thought the Lorcan and Birch thing, like, I think there was a day where I like thought I dreamed about them winning the titles, but then it hadn't happened. So well, I was because like, you've been dreaming about it for two years. That's why. <laughs> I was like, why the hell did I think Lorcan and Birch were the champions? That's why in my mind, I was like, who the hell are the are the NXT? And then as, as soon as you told me, I was like, holy cow, you're right. Lorcan and Birch are fine. Okay, let me tell you this right now. Let me tell you this right now. If that match happens at Survivor Series. Oh, if the Birch and Lorcan need to win that match. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first person to tell you that, dude. If they don't win that match, I'm done. I am so okay. done. So, so, okay. I know we're going long. I'm sorry. I'm ranting. I just need to cool off from the fire that I started 20 minutes ago. <sighs> Breathe, Ross. Um, can I ask a legitimate question? Go ahead, Ross. Okay. Who were, because we're, I know we're I know we're about to hit Hell in a Cell, but we're about to be at TLC. That's why I bring this up, and I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about this again on more shows. Mm-hmm. Who were the people that came out of TLC that you're like, "Whoa, that's a big win!" They're actually going to do some massive stuff with these people. What, what do you that actually came out of TLC the pay per view or TLC the match or what, I, how do you mean that? I, I I meant Survivor Series. Oh, uh, so last year, who are the people who came out of Survivor Series saying they're going to be a big deal? Yes. Um, hell, dude. Um, obviously, to me, um, Roderick Strong. I mean, Roderick Strong pulling off in that triple threat against Shinsuke and AJ was like, what? Yes, yes, what in tarnations just happened? Like, that was massive. Um, Keith Lee, even she, I mean, obviously, Shayna, of course, you know, she did win the match, even though I had picked Bailey and I thought that was the right move, but I get why they went with Shayna, and that's fine with me. Keith Lee, even though he was the last man pinned against Roman Reigns, Keith Lee was like, whoa, mm-hmm. holy smokies. Keith Lee is a big deal. And from that point on, we all know what happened, obviously. Um, all right, so, know, so go ahead. Let's just, let's just use – let's just use – oh, and actually, I guess you could say – was it Rhea Ripley that had a really good match, or was it Bianca Belair, or was it both of them? It was both of them. Rhea Ripley, okay. Bianca Belair, and Candice LeRae, I think, were – Actually, okay. hold on. Wait, let me go back. Hold on. Rhea Ripley won the match for NXT on the women's side, but but I think she had somebody else with. I think Candice LeRae was the 
were the two women that were standing, right? Because Tony so, Storm got eliminated. So actually, um, if you remember, it was Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, and Io Shirai. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying um, there was because two it was, women that it, were left standing on the NXT side when they won. No, there were three. Three, really? Oh, uh, wow. Io Shirai was on their team. Yeah, I know, but did she, so she never, Io never got, oh, you're right, Io never got eliminated, did she? Yeah. Because remember, remember, uh, Sasha had to like run the gauntlet at the end and she ran out of gas because it was basically three on one at the end. Yeah, because Charlotte got eliminated too. Yeah. So, okay. So here's my point. So we're about to be on a pay per view in which they propped up like three or four people to be like big deals. Yeah. Right. By the way, they gave that the women's match, they gave it 28 minutes last year. Shout out to them. Okay. So. What is what has Rhea Ripley done since she lost to Charlotte? Uh, since she lost the title to Charlotte, um, besides you know, she, besides getting a haircut and changing her gear, um, I mean she's have she's been having kind of a on. It looks like that she's been having a relatively important feud, not as important as it should be, a relatively important feud though, with um, with Raquel Gonzalez, who is basically Dakota Kai's heavy, but it you know that's that's kind of. It it's allowed Raquel Gonzalez to be kind of become a bit more of a bigger deal because she's dealing with Rhea Ripley, even though Rhea Ripley is going to be the one that okay. throws over, which is probably the right call. But yeah, Keith Lee is is we know where Keith Lee is, right? He won yeah. he won the North American title and the NXT title, and then he relinquished the North American title, and then he lost Karrion Cross. Yes, and then he got called up and he beat Randy Orton. And then he's on the main roster. It's fine. Right. Yeah. What is what has Roderick Strong done since that match? Roderick Strong. And, uh-huh. Rod, well, Roderick Strong is basically just still hung out with the undisputed era, and they basically—I mean, for a while they were backing up Adam Cole because Adam Cole was the longest reigning NXT champion, and now okay. it's uh you know Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong as the tag team of the undisputed era trying to go ahead and you know get gold back on on UE and whatnot. Um, so Rod, Roddy's been relegated back to the tag team portion of you. Okay. And uh, Shayna's MIA because she's oh. in. She's stuck in a tag team. Well, she's with, a, with, the women's with tag I, team champions. I, I wouldn't that, say that she's MIA, but yeah. That, okay, I, no, I that's, 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 that's basically being MIA. I get what you're saying. Okay. She, went from, she went from wrestling the biggest star in their women's division at WrestleMania yeah. being a tag team champion. Right. Yeah. The entire point of that diatribe was that uh, I really wish I could get excited for Survivor Series in a month, and I really can't. <laughs> because, according to WWE logic, they don't follow up on half their choices. All right, I'm done. I'm done yelling. I'm sorry. For those of you that like me going nuts, you got it, because that's how I feel about this show. Luckily, I will actually get to watch a pay-per-view this weekend, Bound for Glory, that will actually make sense. I'll watch that and review that. No, I guarantee you it's (laughs) not going to suck. You want to know why? Because there's a four-way tag team match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. That includes the Motor City Machine Guns, the North, the Good Brothers, and... Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. There's no way that match is going to suck. Okay. That's great. 
Okay. I'm even more excited for Eric Young and Rich Swan for the world title. No, you're not. I definitely, definitely am. You're more, you're more excited for that than Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton because you those uh, are your boys. Ah, 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 ah. Drew and Randy are not main eventing. You don't know that. You That's just don't know that. Oh my oh. god! One of these days, I just want you to be wrong. I just want you to be wrong so I can laugh in your face. Okay. And okay. let me let me tell you this right now. If Roman and Jay main event to this pay per view. This company is on thin ice with me. Thin ice. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Which means you'll be covering these pay-per-views solo for at least a month. That'll be fun. That'll be great. I'll just cover AEW by myself. Why not? I, you, 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 can cover, you can cover WWE and I'll just cover AEW. Why not? <laughs> Hey, you know what? You know what was better than anything that's going to be on this pay per view? What's up? MJF and Chris Jericho singing. I was at, I've been meaning to ask you about that. It's okay. Oh my gosh! I swear we're going to end this show, but I'm going to go ahead and call out Ross right now. See, Ross is on this whole trajectory of the fact that ah, oh, the World Series is on, and it's the Dodgers, and I refuse to take any of Jorge's phone calls, even though he wanted to call me about a cool double play that happened in Game One. Dick, that's all I wanted to call you about, and you refuse to take my phone call. <sighs> Anyways, priorities. We were watching the same damn game. I was rooting for your team and you refused to take my phone call. Anyways, series is tied 1 1. Tomorrow's game three. As I was saying, I lose my, I lost my damn train of thought. God. Okay, so I sent <laughs> the stupid promo between MJF and Chris Jericho, which was actually fire. So tremendous. great. The segment was tremendous. And I was wanting to get Ross's take away from what we had just witnessed. Because to be fair, I don't think we've ever really witnessed anything like that in professional wrestling before. I thought it was incredibly creative. I thought, first of all, man, we've all known that Chris Jericho can sing. Obviously, he's the lead of he's the lead singer of a rock band. MJF's, MJF's got a hell of a voice. He does. And they're incredibly talented. And it was, and for those people who didn't like it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Now, I know, I, I'll give you this. If WWE were to try that, it would be it would blow up in their face. People would be like, "It's the most terrible thing in the history of the world." But then, but because AEW does it, it's like, "Oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life." AEW was the greatest professional wrestling company ever. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Calm down. It was good. It was great. Just enjoy it for what it is. Stop trying to go ahead and say it's the greatest thing you've ever seen. To guarantee you, it is not the greatest thing you've ever seen. Is it fantastic? Yes. Just enjoy it for what it is. And Ross, accept your friend's phone calls when they're calling you. Jerk. <laughs> Priorities. What can I say? Let's end, this, let's end this show. Let's end this show. We've got to end the show. The man yells at me for saying, we got to go an hour and a half. Goes on a 20-minute diatribe about Roman Reigns. Look, look. People, people that listen to this show have told me that I need to just let it loose. So it's funny. Okay. It's okay, everybody. Don't worry. You'll get the more calm, rational, non-hurt version of myself when I cover Bound for Glory next week. And then I have to deal with the pain and the horrendousness that is a hurt. Oh no. Oh no. 
Oh right. no. Oh no. It's going to be hilarious next week because we're doing a review of this show. Yes. And I will guarantee you, guarantee you, one of two things are going to happen. I'm either going to come on this show and be depressed, <laughs> or I'm going to come on this show and laugh. And can we laugh? Can we just do the laugh thing instead? I'd really love that. Ha ha ha! This product sucks. Ha ha ha! How to laugh. I actually, I can't wait to go ahead and do our first show in November. We got to plug that right now because Lord knows Hell in a Cell is going to be really crappy. We're going to do Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. We're doing our Undertaker 30-year celebration. That I can't wait for that. We have decided that we are doing for TDT's classic series, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. We're, we're going to review their bad blood match uh, in 1997, Hell in a Cell. We're going to review like one of the GOAT matches ever, which is WrestleMania 25, of course. And the sequel that has every right to be named as one of the greatest sequels of all time, their WrestleMania 26 main event match. I cannot wait to go over those three matches. Ross, are you with me on that? I will love the fact that uh, you and I will be on the exact same page thinking that uh, WrestleMania 25 is a five-star match and that uh, there are certain people that uh, rate matches that have no idea what they're talking about, not making it a five-star match and uh, one of the greatest matches of all time yes. and maybe considered uh, one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history as well. Oh, definitely WrestleMania history. This is one of the greatest matches in professional wrestling history. Like that's how far out you got to go. But let's not get, let's not get carried away. Two weeks next week, I got to go ahead and deal with emotional loss, and hopefully, I get the, 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 the laughing one and I just can take the, the, the making fun of. That's fine. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll just go like, I don't know. Somehow, somehow, I'm going to make a Joker from the Batman series joke during that show next week. Something about like never rub another man's rhubarb or something. I don't know. Shout out to Mark Hamill. Uh, actually, that would be a that would be a Jack Nicholson line. So, oh, you, I'm sorry. Did you say the did you say the original? I thought you said the Batman the animated series. That's what I thought you said. I did not, even though that is uh, sitting proudly on my shelf. I have yet to uh, go through and watch that again. But uh, no, Ooh. the uh, the uh, the uh, quote I mentioned was "Never rub another man's rhubarb," which is uh, yes. from that movie. So, great movie, great film. Oh, you mean with the with the actual Batman that matters, Michael Keaton? Yes, it's great. You, you shut your mouth. Michael Keaton's greatest just, Batman ever. Don't you be, don't you be smirched, oh, Christian Bale, man. Don't be smirched, I'm not be smirching him. I'm saying if you're making me pick one Batman to represent Batmans, I'm picking Michael Keaton. I got to disagree. It's Christian that, Bale all day, every day. That's because your life starts in, like, 1998 and goes Shut forward. Up. So, like, like, so like, you have no concept and hate cage matches involving Owen and Bret Hart. You think that they suck. That was boring. That match was boring. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Do me a favor. (laughs) You know, you started it. I'm going to finish it, Dagnabbit. Watch SummerSlam 1994. Tell me that that's not some of those boring 30 minutes worth of professional wrestling you've ever seen in your life. You want to go ahead and talk about it and besmirch the fact that, oh, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso, it's a terrible story. Blah, 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 blah. Brett and Owen, oh, my God. We're going to climb halfway up the cage and then we're gonna get knocked down again and there's barely gonna be any in-ring action in the ring dog their match a year late nearly a year later on like a random house show is better than that match i'm sorry sue me that's fine that is fine that match is boring i know that i'm on an island i get it 
That's fine. I can go ahead and kill pigs and cows and have that for dinner. I could give a crap. <sighs> that matches. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna go as far as to call that match trash because that's mean. That match is not that great. That match. That match got five stars. That match got five stars, and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker couldn't. You smoke, dude. He must. Meltzer must be doing some good cocaine. The type of cocaine that killed Chris Farley or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that match is not five stars, bro. It's just not. It's just okay. facts. Okay. Whew. You got me going. It's, it's your no, fault. I really no, blame you. It's it's look, look, ladies and gentlemen, it's my fault. It's my fault for getting my co-host amped up. <laughs> However, I still I still blame Ugh. I still blame WWE <laughs> and Jorge for getting me completely losing my mind. <laughs> Because they're because they're wanting me to actually buy into this hideous storyline that they're making me sit through for two straight pay-per-views. Roman Reigns will make me a really happy man if he just cuts a great promo with Paul talking about the reason why he went ahead and turned on the crowd, and then Ross can go ahead and just be like, finally, I got the explanation, and we can move on. No, it'll be too late. <laughs> you can't. Will you ever be happy? You know what? Ross will be happy when the Dodgers finally win the World Series. We'll see if that actually happens. I will be happy when their when their booking makes sense, which is <laughs> never. Which which basically means it's a self fulfilling prophecy. I'm just going to be miserable, and I should just stop watching. You're right. Good call. I you like say that you're going to stop watching. You say you're going to stop watching. You'll come back in 30 days. Well, that is what happened the last time. But remember, exactly. there was a crowd back then. Oh my god. There was a crowd back then. Yeah, I do miss a crowd. If you miss a crowd. There was a crowd and there were things that we didn't have to panic about and didn't have to wear a mask yeah. unless we wanted yeah. to because we wanted to look like Rey Mysterio. Well, or no, I was, I was... Or psychosis. I, I was going to say, uh, perhaps uh, this year for Halloween, you're going to come dressed as T-Bar. All right, I'm done. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> this has been the <laughs> Double Third Podcast. For the Jerry Band. I'm Wait, you, gotta, you didn't plug anything. You, you I did. You didn't. Where are we? Double turn podcast. Only one, one and only. J Man nineteen. Ross the real boss eighty five. Okay. Ross Ross on the Twitter, which he okay. never goes on. You better freaking okay. be live tweeting for BFG. Okay, I was gonna skip that because I was not gonna call you out for slacking and not slaying the game this week on Instagram. But since you brought it up, the double turn podcast where Jorge was slaying the game. Or he took a break for his 31st birthday. Give me a Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Life stops because you were born. You know what happens on my birthday? Life goes on. I don't stop my entire life and be like, I don't feel like being productive. I'm going to take time off of work. Took a day off. I was down in Tucson. I had some EGs, for goodness sake. Look, you can do EGs on the weekends. You don't have to take off a day of work. All right. Shout out to me for celebrating 31 years of life and two years hey, of dealing with this guy. Hey. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know what? I celebrate my life daily. I don't have to wait until my birthday to celebrate life. Sounds like a dare promotion. Remember that? Remember that nonsense? Oh, wait. Your life started in 1998. That program was already done because you hate anything that's old. I don't hate, okay, don't hate anything that's old. That's a lie. Dude, you're spreading lies about me, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy, Triple H, was a main eventer in 2000, but anything before that, it's crap. Oh, my gosh. All right. It's okay. 
WCW 2000. That's where it's at. I had to get in my <laughs> reference tonight. That that being said, okay. So have I, have I done all the promotions now? Now that I've done all that, okay, great. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> this has been the Double Turn Podcast. Oh wait, wait. SmackDown's not on. SmackDown's not on Fox tomorrow night. It's not. We got it. That's actually really Twice important. In a row. Game three. Twice game three row. is on Fox. SmackDown's going to be on FS1. All right, that's that. Now we got it all. Thank, thank God the World Series takes precedence over crap SmackDown. Great. Gosh. Thank, thank God. You know what? I would prefer. I would prefer SmackDown was just canceled this week. That'd be great. And then, and then they could put on like four matches to the pay per view that makes no sense because they could just be like, "We're gonna break this via Twitter. We're gonna break this via Tout." Remember that. Remember Tout? Oh, I do remember Tout. That went nowhere quick. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because 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 the WWE was like, it's gonna replace Snapchat and Instagram. No, that dumb, terrible. <laughs> let's let's have. Tout. But I bet you if AEW got on Tout, everybody'd be like, oh my god, get on Tout! No, <laughs> no, dumb. I don't, I don't like their slamma meters on Instagram either. It's dumb. Everybody just I've, swipes I've all the meters, and it really is dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. All right, end the I'm show. Be- now you can end the show. I'm becoming Judas in my mind. It's really all you need to know. That is going to do it for the Double Turn podcast for the third time. He's he he has been the J Man, and he still is the J Man. And I have been Boss Ross, and will continue to be Boss Ross. And we will catch you on the flip side. Why did Kenny Omega shave his eyebrows off?